Welcome to another episode of Growing Together, a podcast powered by the community of Arizona Sustainable Apparel Association, where we talk to local sustainable fashion businesses in Arizona about their brand story, passion for sustainability, and how we can all become more responsible stewards of the earth through our clothing choices. I'm your host, Madeline Dolgen. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growing Together. Today, we have sisters CJ and Lori here with us to share more about their brand, Active Intimates, and to discuss sustainable fashion. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Madeline, and we are so excited to be here today. We are very excited. (laughs) Good. Well, we're excited to have you. So for our first question, we always start off by trying to get a better sense of our guest's personal style. So if each of you were an article of clothing, what would you be and why? I'm going to go first. You go first. Okay. I would be a soft t-shirt with a peace symbol. And that's because I would be worn over and over again. I would be a favorite. And even if I got faded and torn, I would be still represent that peace and comfort and love. Mm. That's kind of hard to follow, (laughs) Um, but I would be a long dress. I would be made out of layers of sustainable fabric dyed in a a red vegetable dye. The dress would come almost to my ankles and it would be flowy with the layers and it would always make me feel comfortable. It sounds like I'm (laughs) talking about our brand, but it would always make me feel comfortable and confident and beautiful. Wow, I love that. Two very different articles of clothing, but really wonderful in their own right. A a timeless peace shirt. You're right. You know, we can always use a reminder of more peace. So that's great. And of course, classic red dress, of course, made sustainably and vegetable dyed. Um, Also, really beautiful one you can wear over and over. I love that. Two amazing answers. So getting into your brand, tell us more about your brand and why you started it. Well, our start is really simple. It started in a fitting room. I was actually in the fitting room looking for a special piece of lingerie for a special occasion. And my experience in that fitting room was not positive. Body positive, no. Uh uh-uh. And so I left feeling discouraged, but also inspired. And so I went home and kind of drew and thought out what I was looking for, called my sister. We were living in different cities at the time, mm-hmm. called my sister. She jumped on board and we have built our brand around that one idea of lingerie that makes a woman feel good, comfortable, confident, sexy. And another part about, you know, component of our brand and why we started is because not only do we think about how a woman is going to feel in, you know, when she puts the lingerie on, but also about sexual wellness, because throughout our lives as women, as we change, go through things in life, that's really something that's just important to, to all of us, right? So being able to start a conversation. We talked about this very early on in our brand that we wanted to have a conversation with women, a real meaningful conversation about our sexual health and wellness. So that was part of our brand 
I guess, inspiration and also the core of our brand as we started out. Wow, that's amazing that you've taken that personal story you had, Lori, and then, you know, gotten with your sister, CJ, to create this beautiful brand that also has a much larger goal and being able to start the conversation. I want to ask you more about that conversation you've started around sexual wellness. I know that you have a blog kind of on the site, but what has that experience been like engaging with your consumers with a very intimate product? Is is that kind of where the conversation comes up? Is it more online? Tell me a little more about that. Well, one of the notable events that we had around that was an actual conversation with women. It wasn't put out on social media or anything, Mm -hmm. but we gathered women and we also had a specialist there, a very special uh, gynecologist, local gynecologist. Mm -hmm. And it was notable because of the way that women opened up and really wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about all things sexual well-being. Mm-hmm. And we've actually had people ask us to, to do that again. So mm-hmm. we are planning to do that again. Another thing that we're doing is that we've started a private Facebook group for women called Actively Intimate. Mm-hmm. And we're growing that. We've just kind of uh, relaunched it and we're growing that group. But that's another place where we want, it's a little different. It's a different dynamic than what Laurie was talking about when you're actually together in a room face to face. But so there are some challenges when you're doing it online, but we want to engage with women there because again, it's a private group and it's really about just being able to bring information that maybe they're not getting elsewhere. And also that ability to be able to talk about their experiences or ask questions and get those questions answered. So that's something that we're really excited about as well. Right. And we're really, really hoping for engagement online. Mm-hmm. Read our blog, give us your comments. There's uh, everybody's comments are, are welcome mm-hmm. and we want to get it to be a two-way conversation. Right. And one other component, maybe we mentioned that we are bringing back that we did last year is our live segment. So we'll do Instagram and Facebook. And that's just another way to bring in experts. Um, And sometimes it's going to be more on the serious, um, maybe sexual health side or relationships, but also things like making a a romantic meal and those kind of foods that really create that mood and that experience. So it'll be, there'll be a range of really, really fun and, and some more serious topics as well. Yeah. That's so creative. I love that you're using your brand to spark that kind of conversation, even though obviously fashion doesn't physically speak or or have a voice, it really can say so much. And when you wear something, somebody looks at you and that says something about you, right? Kind of right. Um, But I also love that you're taking that next step to then also bring people together and have those conversations around it. Um, That's really cool. I want to jump back to Lori's story real quick, because I actually can relate to that experience a lot, not with lingerie, but I had also had an experience in a fitting room that launched me into being excited about fashion. Um, I had grown up 
pretty much in a ballet studio about 11 hours of practice a week when I was a child and I was just wearing tights and leotards. And that led me to be very critical about my body because you're staring at it in this large mirror and you're being nitpicked by your ballet teacher. I was really insecure, especially I was going into high school and there's just all that social pressure. And I really was down on my body and it was actually kind of strange, but my dad was the one who pushed me to start experimenting with fashion. He said, you're a gorgeous girl. Why are you hiding everything um, behind these kind of like baggy t-shirts? Cause I was just so upset with my body. And he said, you need to go buy a pair of jeans. And so my mom marched me to the mall and we were shopping for hours and it took me a really long time before I found a pair. But I remember finally being in the fitting room of a clothing store and this sales associate pushed jeggings on me. Um, and that was just yeah. when they were becoming cool. And I put those on in the fitting room and it was something about the the visual look of those that sort of satisfied everything that I used to nitpick about jeans. And I really had this moment of transformation. So it did end up being a positive experience by the time I got to that fitting room and tried on that garment. And I think we're, we always, we might take this perspective that we need to fit our bodies into a clothing item that's made when Mm -hmm. instead of it should be the reverse, right? Finding something that's really going to complement us and and beautiful and good. And that's something that I really feel like your brand um, emotes is, you know, kind of how, how do you feel and what do you want to express? And then, you know, finding something that enhances you and, and makes you feel good. So I totally kind of relate to that experience. And I love hearing that this brand has kind of built out of that personal experience for for you both and you're continuing the conversation. So very cool. So the name Active Intimates, it's A-C-T-I-V. So no E like you would expect. Um, Tell us about that name and why you chose it. Well, we probably should start with, um, we didn't start with that name. That's right. We started as four o'clock intimates and still legally we are, but we do business as active intimates. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just really quick, we started four o'clock or we, we thought of that name. We were really thinking it had to be mm-hmm. thoughtful, clever, all those things you think about. And we found this flower called the four o'clock flower that opens up in blooms <laughs> in the afternoon ladies. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we got a little bit of of feedback on that name and now we're active. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, and the, the feedback was, is kind of fun, interesting, but we were actually in LA uh, meeting with a fabric. um, uh, Well, we were at a fabric um, warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And meeting with the, the guy there and he just was, giving us such a hard time about four o'clock because he said that's way too early (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) so that wasn't the only thing but that was part of the feedback anyway so transitioning now to active intimates um we want women to um be active in our lingerie so that's really the what pushed us to that name it took us a little while to come up with it and active without an e there's a lot of active with E and active wear, and we're not per se active wear, um, workout wear. Um, so we did the no E, but really that just, you know, have fun, be active. We want great experiences in the bedroom. So that's where active intimates came from. Awesome. 
I love that. Cause you sort of, when you think of intimates, you might think like relaxing or sleep. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're using that word to kind of push people to, you know, you use your clothes the way, the way you want. It's always such an interesting kind of thought process hearing how each brand has kind of come to their name, you know, trial and error until you finally settle yes. on, on what works. That's really fun. So what then inspires your designs? Of course, this idea of sexual and wellness and activity in the bedroom, but kind of what leads you to pick kind of the visual designs that you've come up with? Well, what we do is we start by thinking about a woman, right? She's, she's our inspiration. All of you, all the women, <laughs> you're our inspiration. Mm-hmm. And so we literally think about as, as just for, when the concept starts, right? And we're just thinking about what should our design be? We have to think about it on her, right? And that's like all different body types, different ages. So that's where we start. It translates to paper. It translates then to the dress form, to the sample. And we do a lot of discussion with women along the way. And we've done focus groups, which have been really helpful and getting feedback before we finalize a design. But it all comes, it all starts with and comes back to a woman's body. That's right. In fact, our playlet, which is our signature, mm-hmm. that is what we were talking about specifically that came out of the fitting room was the playlet. And it really is a bodysuit. In fact, we say, move over, Teddy. Uh, there's a new player in town. And that is the playlet because it, it's a bodysuit, but that's really where the similarities end because mm-hmm. our playlet does not reshape where we don't want to reshape anyone, but it does give a nice little hug that gives you that feeling of confidence. I like a little hug across mm-hmm. my tummy, for example. It comes down a little bit further on the sides with our garters, which is, we like to say, we do crotchless in a new way. Mm -hmm. And we do that with some pretty comfortable garters that are very discreet. And so if you want to keep your playlet on all night, you are absolutely able to do that. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what came out specifically out of that fitting room. Yeah. Our signature, our signature lingerie. So, and, and like CJ said, what inspired that was the way a woman is going to feel in it. Just the bottom line mm-hmm. of our designs is how are, how are our customers going to feel in that piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're taking a step further beyond just what it looks, but the actual experience of, of wearing it. It sounds like wearing it for a long time too, not just when you put it on how it feels, but also how you're going to move in it. So that's very cool that you're thinking about kind of that long-term. And I I think that's probably what's so wonderful about your brand too. We all want comfort, right? Especially, especially in the bedroom. Yes, exactly. That's great. So you are a sustainable brand. I know it's always a journey and you're growing and you're learning, but, you know, tell us more about why you specifically chose to be a sustainable brand and what you feel is your brand's unique contribution to the sustainability movement. So when we started our brand, you know, we always knew that there was going to be a sustainability component to it. Um, But in the beginning, it was around packaging. Um, to us because we kind of grew up that way with recycling being important and, you know, being thoughtful about what we use and, you know, not overusing and, 
being thoughtful about what might go into the landfill. So we knew from the beginning and we built that into our process that we would do minimal packaging, sustainable packaging, print materials, keep that to a minimum, you know, recycle, recyclable paper, those kinds of things. We're always at kind of in the forefront of our brand as we started out. But, you know, we didn't have as much thought, we'll talk about that more, but we didn't have as much of a conscious thought around all of the aspects of sustainability in the fashion industry. And we were also new to the fashion industry. So it took, it, you know, it's taken us time to get to that point and really focus uh, much more broadly around sustainability. But that is, you know, that's how we started out. Mm -hmm. Wow. So just kind of that like yeah. conscious aspect that you already had it sort of carried into your brand then. It did. And, you know, it really evolved because when we became more aware, and that was really through Arizona Eco Week yep. um, a couple of years ago, and we attended um, seminars and um, listened in on panelist discussions, and we watched movies like The River Blue. And that is where it really began to sink in. And we had, it gave us such um, a more broad perspective on what was happening in our industry. It hit us really hard, I would say. It did. Because it, you become aware of something we honestly weren't aware of. Some, you, you know, generally that you, you hear things about overseas, but to see children playing in a river that's a fashion color in the West, you can't unsee that. And so, yes, it had a, a dramatic uh, impact on us. Mm -hmm. And that's where we, you know, knew that we had to, to pivot. <clears throat> that was really the pivotal moment mm -hmm. for our brand in terms of really um, knowing that we had a lot more to learn and we had a lot more to implement. And that's the path we've been on. But there is another thing, even before we got to that point, and, you know, we started, as I said, with the packaging, but we also knew from the beginning we wanted to be uh, manufacturing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and we and the primary reason, well, one is because it would be easier than uh, navigating for a very small new brand navigating, you know, uh, China or other countries, but also because we wanted to be able to know our factories, mm -hmm. and we felt very well positioned being in Phoenix just because of the proximity to Los Angeles. So we right. really developed our brand in Los Angeles, you know, living in Phoenix, but being so close that we could commute easily. But that gave us the opportunity to go and talk with people at the factories right. and walk on the factory floor and understand what they were doing and how they were, you know, employing their staffs. And that really gave us a good um, peace of mind Mm -hmm. And so that really was part of our brand from the beginning as well, our, our brand strategy. Yeah, we, we decided absolutely to stay in the U.S. Mm -hmm. in the beginning. So what other things have you implemented as far as sustainability other than, you know, U.S. manufacturing and the, and the packaging, um, the materials also sustainable? Kind of how are you thinking about that? Well, we are transitioning Overall, uh, be honest. When we did our lingerie, we it was before what the the change we were just talking about, and so there are sustainable things about that. But we've moved along the continuum now, mm -hmm. and our current line is actually using the leftover fabric from that lingerie line. Cool. So we're super excited about it. Mm -hmm. All of our um, fabric 
we have some beautiful fabrics, but like, for example, we had a pretty light blue that's a, a lining in the playlet is now front and center as a peignoir wrap. Mm -hmm. So uh, that has been fun, but there's more than just the fabrics. Our patterns are very minimal waste. Some are zero waste, but for sure, minimal waste. So mm -hmm. when you're done cutting, there's not, there's just not a lot to contend with. And if it's, some of that we actually reuse into our packaging. Mm -hmm. So we changed our whole system of sourcing and the whole system with our uh, our new collection. Mm -hmm. And that's our, our convertible collection. Yes. The other thing about that that we feel makes it uh, very sustainable is that it's the convertible aspect of the lingerie. Mm -hmm. So it can be worn in different ways for different purposes. So and, you know, when people visit our website, they'll see the pinwall wrap as lingerie and they'll see it as resort wear. So it's really, it's fun. You can do a lot of different styling with it. We have styling videos as well mm -hmm. that show how to do it because we, it is very, is quite easy right. actually when you watch the videos. So that's another aspect that you can use this same, let's say you're traveling, right? You're going on that vacation. You are maybe going on that resort vacation. And so there you have it. You take your wrap and it can be at the beach at the pool and then it can be in the bedroom <laughs> right we say um day to evening to night right for that one so so you can you can literally have it as like a short little nighty yeah or a long negligee or a sarong at the pool i mean mm -hmm. it is very obviously we're excited about it yeah that's amazing it sounds like it, you have multiple garments in one right that yes yeah which, as CJ was saying, really plays into sustainability yeah. because part of it is keeping things longer. Mm -hmm. And um, also we, we pay attention to the quality of how our things are made too, which yeah. plays into that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like you're really shifting more towards zero waste as much as you can and, and being mm -hmm. very creative with that process. For these convertible garments, how do you design something like that? You know, how, how are you thinking about that? Well, that was a process for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, we um, we had the concept and we actually gathered women mm -hmm. from around the valley and had just invited them to come play dress up with mm -hmm. us. And uh, I thought that was a, a pretty pivotal part of the whole design mm -hmm. process. But it, it was, uh, we spent a lot of time getting it right because it's simple, but also, you know, you can put, you can make different shapes with buttons and loops and getting those placed precisely was, mm -hmm. you know, part of our process, but uh, it was a labor of love and we're super thrilled with the way it turned out. Yeah. And that inspiration being, you know, being able to, to kind of play dress up, you know, mm -hmm. and have fun with it. That was really what inspired the design. Yes, for sure. And what we found out is that you just don't tend to outgrow <laughs> wanting to play dress up. <laughs> right. Let's have fun, right? Yeah, that's a great motto. And I really think your designs do embody that playfulness that you bring to it. You know, if they're made with that spirit in mind, and it sounds like you're so intentional too about making it something that's easy for a woman to figure out, even if it is um, kind of convertible and has all these, these different options. So yeah, I really think that comes through in your designs, which is fun. So you're one of the first guests that we've had that actually manufactures their products. So can you tell us more about that experience 
kind of how, maybe how you found the right manufacturer and what kind of that relationship looks like? Oh, sure. Well, we, we've done manufacturing in LA, as we said, and we really found those people through those factories through Makers Row, I think. Mm -hmm. And then also we got, which I think is very important. We got some personal recommendations, people that knew them and worked with them. Mm -hmm. And so both of the factories that we worked with in LA, both of them were all, we had relationships where they helped us with development as well. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big part of our learning curve, mm -hmm. uh, our, our fashion industry learning curve was that whole process of finding them, talking to them, planning with them, comparing them and getting the price right, of course. And then, which was vitally important to us was that it was close in LA. Mm -hmm. Now, since then, we have shrunk our footprint and we are manufacturing in Mesa, Arizona. So mm -hmm. I do love LA but it's much more preferable to be here because if something comes up, you're just driving across town, not, you know, driving clear yeah. to another state, spending the night, all the different resources that we use with travel. So that's been from a sustainability standpoint, that's been really nice to have mm -hmm. it local as well. Yeah. We've found that the Phoenix or the Arizona um, fashion community has just grown so much since oh my we gosh. started. We actually did, look for and did some interviews with uh, manufacturers, one in Green Valley, yeah. Arizona, as we started out, but it just wasn't a fit. And I think Tempe, uh, Fabric Tempe was just coming on. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little early for that. And that's what pushed us to LA. Yes. But, you know, we, as Laurie said, we really learned a lot there. That's how we learned the fashion industry was in Los Angeles which we like that part of our brand history, but being able to bring it back home to Arizona and all the wonderful resources here, not only on, you know, now growing more in manufacturing, but just on, in sustainability, you know, we can learn so much here locally from yes. all the resources such as your organization and so many others that focus on sustainability. And it's just, it's just wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah, that's so great that you can manufacture locally, that you've been able to figure that out and, like you said, reduce the, the travel footprint and be able to <laughs> swing by if, if you need to need to share something with them. Now, is this manufacturer that you worked with currently, do, do they already have sustainable practices kind of in their manufacturing or was that something that you had to kind of work with them on? Well, we certainly had a discussion about how we would deal with leftovers and waste, but this is a, it's a small factory and they, um, I'm not really sure how long they've been around, but we had some personal references that is why we went there. Other designers in our community that use them, but I think that when you're talking about sustainability, uh, with the manufacturer, it really is what you are providing them as far as materials. And then the discussions you have about how things like waste are dealt with. Yeah, makes sense. So if you kind of go in with that value as a brand, you feel like you're mm -hmm. able to work with the manufacturer. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's how we had all the leftovers from our, from our lingerie production. Mm -hmm. So we were calling every day. Don't forget, don't throw anything away. 
<laughs> gotcha. Did it take them a little while to kind of have that behavior change that that you wanted if you, you had to remind I think them. she got tired of hearing me call like every day. Yeah. It, Don't throw anything away. It didn't seem like the norm, like that yeah. they were doing that for a lot of other brands. So yeah, it was probably something a little bit new to them and maybe wondering why, <laughs> why should we, why should we gather all these scraps up and send them to you guys? And it, it was a little surprising when they arrived, we have to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit, uh -huh. There was a lot of, there was a lot of scraps, you know, scraps. small <laughs> pieces, but large pieces that, you know, we're really able to work with. It's a, it's really wonderful, but it's like, you get that and you're like, Oh, okay. Now what? <laughs> we got to make this into, you know, really great usable products. So mm -hmm. there's always challenges, but it's, it's also fun. Well, and to be honest with you, we are still in the process of perfecting that particular process and things are coming up all the time. People are, are thinking of innovative ways to use fabric and fabric scraps and stuff. So we're happy to be a part of that movement mm -hmm. and stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for what's to come and, and good for you for, you know, working with that manufacturer, but sticking to your values and, and making sure that it's done the way that you want. You know, I wonder if that will inspire change within the manufacturer, maybe not right away, but if they start seeing kind of what you're doing, you know, maybe that will pull them in to, to start encouraging other brands. You never know if your impact can expand. I, I really do believe in leading by example and that mm -hmm. can kind of spread it. And, and I think you ladies are certainly doing that. And I know there's not perfection and, and you're very humble about that, which also I think is an important piece to sustainability, you know, know that we're always growing and, and learning. So speaking of, of what's to come, tell us more about your latest sustainable collection. Is that your convertible line or is, is yes. there other things in the works? That is. Well, that, yes, the, the convertible collection is our latest line. We've just fairly recently launched it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but what's next is that because we're also doing, you know, smaller batch um, manufacturing and we're really conscious about the inventory that we carry. And, you know, with those leftover um, fabrics, we're in the process of, of selling all of that inventory and then planning for the next one, the next step we have to go to is the fabric itself. Right. Because we don't have leftovers anymore to use. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we are looking at and learning about the kind of fabric that we want to move to that is sustainably sourced, that is a sustainable fabric, you know, versus leftover. So right. that, or it could be both. I suppose that's possible too. Um, right. Leftover sustainable fabric. But that is really the next move for us because um, we will um, continue the convertible collection mm -hmm. in that way. Right. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you been able to find any fabrics you're ready to use or still still exploring? Well, there's so many um, to choose from, but we're not we. You know, we've been looking and doing our research and talking with people who know more than we do. So we're, we're like positioning ourselves for, for that next step, but we've not actually started it yet because we're, we've got this new inventory. But CJ brought up a good point about inventory is that other part of sustainability is keeping your inventory low mm -hmm. and not over producing and then having, you know, all of that to contend with. Mm -hmm. So that's a big pivot 
for any uh, company, any uh, clothing company, because we all kind of started out thinking, oh, you know, hundreds of thousands of this and that, and that's how you make your money. But that, that part of the industry is changing. And, you know, we are thinking about, we've thought about different kinds of fabric. You know, we look at an organic cotton um, could be something that we, we, you know, maybe could use for our collection, but also, you know, typically we have stretch and that's something for lingerie. You need to have a little stretch in your fabric. Mm -hmm. And so that's a challenge and we are learning. We are, you know, really trying to understand what is going to work best and what is most sustainable. But in the beginning, you know, you might think, or we might've thought like, okay, let's just move to something like organic cotton, for example, but there's so much more to it than just, because it's almost like a buzz, like mm -hmm. organic cotton, you know, let's just do organic cotton. You know, that's, we hear that and that's better because it uses less water, but there's other downsides. Right. And there's right. so much, I guess what we, what I'm saying is we've, we know that there's a lot to learn and um, you really have to follow that that supply chain too. You really have to, to understand it. So we feel like we have good resources, including your organization. We spent a lot of time talking to um, Asher Sinclair um, about fabric mm -hmm. um, when we met him and he's been very helpful. And there's so many other, you know, great resources for that. But it's, I would just say it is, that's, that's our next big challenge. Yeah. Is the fabric side. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, I wish you luck on that journey. That's exciting. That's, a, I think, a, a really amazing next step. And I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what you what you land on, which is great. I feel like the more questions I ask you, the more aspects of sustainability I continue to learn about that you're addressing. You know, it's it's not just you know the zero waste, but it's also thinking about your inventory and also thinking about your materials. And, you know, it's, it's amazing thinking about the convertible nature that allows something to last longer. You know, there are so many different ways that you can think about sustainability. And it sounds like you're just continuing to incorporate things as you learn more. Um, which I think is, is really, really incredible. And utilizing your community resources. I mean, I, I really hear that sense from both of you about how you've been able to talk to different experts that you've been able to find here in Arizona, which is really incredible, like um, Fabric in Tempe, really great resource, knowledgeable people who've been in the LA fashion scene and have that background um, and the manufacturing available. And, and Asher, our resident eco-textile nerd, and I say that <laughs> with, with so much respect, you know, so, so incredible, that's his niche area. And, uh, you know, being able to collaborate like that, I think, is what what makes it work, too. You know, you don't have to be sustainable on your own. I kind of ask, right. you know, the ways other people are doing it. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I love hearing about everything that you're doing. Um, so some of our listeners, you know, might have their own brands or are thinking about creating their own brands. So um, if you could share kind of what's been the most challenging part of launching your brand and how you overcame that. Well, we've kind of dressed it really the most challenging part was the fact that we did not come from fashion. We had really no idea, no idea. So that was a challenge, but we, uh, we enjoyed that challenge and we're still here. <laughs> so maybe a little bit more knowledgeable than when we started. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the other aspect is because, you know, the first step for us was production really because we, you know, the idea that came from the fitting room and, you know, went from paper to um, 
reality eventually. Um, but that whole um, process was, you know, something that we had to learn. We had to learn every mm -hmm. step along the way. But then once we had that, and you know, that was like climbing a mountain, right? But it was a false peak because <laughs> then you have, to, it's like you build it and then they come, right? But that's mm -hmm. the whole other thing. And they go hand in hand and you always have to be thinking about your marketing. Um, but, you know, that also was, um, you know, it continues to be something that you have to really think about getting to those uh, women, you know, that are going to buy your brand. And um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Um, and now our, our challenge is really, I would say, along the lines of becoming a much more sustainable brand, yes. you know, continuing that journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, it, but it's cool also to hear, you know, this was an idea in a fitting room and now look where you are now, right? Like, you know, of course there, there's been an uphill road as you kind of face these new challenges, but also you've established something really incredible and, and connected with so many, so many women and have these incredible designs. So I, you know, it's really an inspiration to see you go from zero knowledge of fashion and then to be where you are because that idea um, kind of dro drove you forward. So I think that that's really really amazing. So one last question, kind of more, more personal for each of you, now that you can see the back end side of manufacturing and kind of what it takes to be sustainable, sustainable, has that influenced kind of your personal style or relationship to clothing in general, you know, after being exposed to all of that? Definitely, definitely has for me. I did not uh, I shouldn't say ever, but rarely did I ever buy vintage or secondhand clothing. It just wasn't something I did. I liked going to, you know, boutiques or just, you know, I just liked new. I always wanted new and I sh I've shifted. And so I now have, and there's great, I mean, there's so many great resources um, for vintage clothing or secondhand clothing in our community. And I enjoy, I enjoy shopping that way. And sometimes I need help. I'm not, I'm not great at it. I mean, it's not natural to me, but you find the right resources, the right people to help, which I have. And, you know, I have, a, you know, part of my closet now, a, a, a bigger part of my closet is, is secondhand or, you know, vintage clothing. And that's fun. It is fun. It is fun. I've been a treasure hunter for years before <laughs> it was cool. I like to yeah. say, but what's changed for me is even being a regular consumer of, of secondhand clothes, I feel like I was turning it over maybe too much. And now I'm thinking more like upcycling, like mm -hmm. add some buttons or change this sleeve or, or whatever and, and making things last longer in that way. Wow. Those are huge changes. I mean, to have not... <laughs> In hand and to to move to incorporating that in your wardrobe and also to begin seeing the ways you can upcycle and and tweak things I mean that's incredible those those are massive changes and they have a huge impact too on the the issues we experience with fast fashion and the fashion industry at large so you know those are two really great ways even though they seem like small changes that I think actually have um, a massive impact and we are lucky to have a community of people who have these different kind of expertise like our vintage lovers out there who can, yes yeah I can teach you what to look for in quality and and stuff like that and how to kind of figure that out definitely definitely helps 
kind of to bring us to a close here, um, we always like to leave our listeners with a bit of advice and kind of a, a push for why they should be more sustainable. So from your, you know, perspective, you know, why do you think consumers should shop sustainably? Well, I think it's going to take every one of us to turn this around. It's just as simple as that. It's going to take everyone. Uh, well, I would say also to add on to that, um, simply to save the planet. You know, mm -hmm. we we all need to make this shift, uh, you know, and it's it's not just fashion, but that's what we're talking about today. So, yeah. you know, take that step, just just take the step, right? Mm -hmm. Make the commitment. And we, you know, for our brand, as we've been talking about today, it's kind of step by step. It's a journey. We're on a path. We're trying to stay as straight on that path as we can, but sometimes there's a little back and forth and that learning curve that takes it maybe a little longer to get to that, you know, where you want to be, but, you know, build it into your business plan, mm -hmm. right? Make it part of your brand and take that first step and, and make it a journey. Yeah. Like you have to remember you're like in the foothills of a big mountain. Um, and it's just a matter of one foot after the other. It's, it's about the journey and the destination, but certainly about the journey as well. Yeah, you're both so encouraging about this. And I, I really, truly, you know, thank you. You inspire with the attitude that you have towards that. So I think that's, you know, those are such great pieces of advice to kind of see it as a journey and, and take it a step at a time, but also to feel that urgency of, you know, I, one small person could connect to a much larger issue. And, and like you said, Lori, it is going to take all of us, you know, every person, every small decision matters. And that's why it's amazing to have sustainable brands like yours that make it easy for consumers to be able to, you know, make a, make a better choice and, in their clothing choices. Last piece here, what piece of advice do you have for others who are thinking about starting their own brand? You've already shared kind of a lot of things and pieces of advice throughout the way, but you know, if there's one last thing that you could leave our listeners with, what would that be? Well, I would say, keep your head up and don't get discouraged. It really is about kind of the long run. And Pay attention to the, the kind of details that are going to matter in the end, like the way that you plan your sustainability. Yeah, make it part of the very beginning. I like to say even before pencil hits the paper, you're thinking through the sustainability. And I would just add to that to use the resources around you. You know, I mean, we're mm -hmm. happy to talk with emerging designers and um, people th just thinking about um, starting a brand, but there are so many resources, the sustainability side of it, the, you know, how do I go from concept to actually having some inventory? How do I navigate the industry? So th there are just so many great resources locally and of course, you know, nationally and globally as well, but even here in our own city and state, lean on those resources and, um, you know, you'll have a head start. Awesome. So tell us, where can our listeners find you if they want to purchase, you know, your beautiful designs and engage with your content around um, sexual wellness? How can they get in touch? Well, we have a website and we're at active with, again, no E, activeintimates.com. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at Active Intimates. 
So it's all pretty, pretty simple, straightforward. And we have our, I'll mention just one more time, we have our private Facebook group, which is actively intimate. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, these past 40 minutes have been really delightful. I've loved learning so much about the inspiration behind your brand. And, you know, you've truly taken so many steps to be sustainable. And I know you're continuing to find new ways. So I really admire that. And I think you're a great resource that we have in the community here in Arizona, too. And so I hope that some of our listeners who are thinking about starting their own brands or wanting to become more sustainable will reach out to you um, as, as well and, you know, work on the things that you've already kind of paved the way for. So thank you again for being here. And I've had such, such a wonderful time. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Madeline. It's just been lovely.